Well, I caught up with this man last night uh, in a Christchurch bar on the Strip. He kept me out far too late for a school night. His name is Mike Casey. He's the CEO of NZ Zero. Now, he's a central Otago food producer living just up the road between Cromwell and Wanaka. He's an entrepreneur. And you, Mike, my friend now, want to decarbonise the world. That's it. That's it. We got into it in great detail last night. It was a lot of fun. I haven't laughed that hard in quite some time. Well, we should have just recorded our chat last night, shouldn't we? We should have. We should have. Might not have been that appropriate for radio, maybe. (laughs) So talk to me about these zero-carbon tractors, because yep. you're into electrifying everything. That's it. So I believe the, the key to sort of addressing climate change now is through the electrification of everything. And so trying to identify the lower-hanging fruit, um, the easier things that are to, to, to decarbonise now. Now, and I know, I know, I know you've got an electric tractor, yep. and you're working on getting some more into the country. That's it. It's all very well for you on your flat, wee piece of ground. Correct. Uh, Pisa, Pisa, moorings. Yep. Pizer moorings, well, Mount Pizer, Mount Pizer. Okay. Yeah. So that's flat. You can drive an electric tractor up and down the rows on your horticultural block. You can't do that trying to work hill country. 100% you can't. And I'm not here to tell farmers to do things that can't be done. That's half the problem with the discussions that are going on at the moment. But where we can do it, which is largely flat country, horticulture and viticulture, well, the technology is there now to start. So... What I've done is I've imported a tractor, um, it'll be arriving on farm very soon and I'm just going to take all the risks, figure out how it all works and I'm just going to show farmers, you know, what it does and what it doesn't do and they can make their own call. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's all very well electrifying all of our transport and we'd all buy an EV if we could get one that yep. would go long enough yep. um, and we could get charging stations, but where are we going to get all the electricity from to drive this? Yeah, so that's a big part of what I was presenting on um, and so I sort of believe that farming um, or farmers could actually be the backbone of electrification in New Zealand. We've got the space to house batteries, we've got the space for solar panels. Um, the simple answer is we're going to need about two to three times as much electricity on the grid uh, if we were to uh, completely remove diesel from, from transportation. And, Should and every farmer in New Zealand have some solar panels on their farm? Well, this is forward-thinking stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if every farmer should. Every farmer should have the option to, and every farmer should be told about it so that they can make their own decisions. But, you know, we saw with Hurricane Gabrielle, for example, that that Resilience is going to be key to the future here. And one of the things about solar and batteries is I can't tell a farm that I can just continue to run my business in a natural disaster, but instead of running in fifth gear, I might still be able to run, run in second gear um, by being able to generate my own power if there's no longer a supply of diesel or if the, the, the grid's been cut. And so that's what it's all about. My daughter lives in Adelaide. You've spent quite a yep. bit of time living and working in Australia. Yep. Now, South Australia has gone a bit woke with the old power system, and they've it's been a bit of a nightmare for them. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of the reasons why that is, but I think the important thing is, you know, I, I was just over in um, the Netherlands really recently, and you can see when you rush rush into renewables without thinking about it enough, you can it can create all sorts of social issues. And so the one thing I saw was some farmers having windmills and some farmers not having windmills, and it almost creating two class of farmer um, in that area. Because you told us a great story last night about the early adopters or adapters yep. when it came to the windmills, they've made a fortune. They've made, they've made a fortune, and to be honest, by making a fortune, some would argue that potentially farming efficiency has, has gone downhill. Um, and so it's really important that we you know, we adjust and do these things correctly. And what, what I feel I'm trying to do is just make sure that farmers are part of the, the journey and the discussion around electrification because one of the key things is, is that we're often in areas where it's really hard to get that power to, where there's a lot of power loss along the way. Um, and if we can do our part to push, uh, we'll create another revenue stream on farm, but also push that power back to our communities, 
then you know it's going to add to that resilience and hopefully make the whole electrification process a lot easier. Now you yourself have got an interesting backstory. You were kind of a tech guy. Tech entrepreneur, yep. Yeah, tech yep. entrepreneur. Yep. You made a fortune selling something to someone and you decided to be a farmer. That's it, that's is that it. A, is that a step backwards? Um, I mean, I, I think your listeners, you know, you'll you probably think, that a lot of them will think of me as a bit of an inner city lefty and I'm not going to deny that because I kind of was. Um, and what I wanted to do is come back to New Zealand, which is my home, move to the region that I've moved to and get into farming so I could learn all the all the things that I have might have misconceptions about. And so that's essentially why I planted the cherry orchard is to take my tech and city background and you know this farm that I bought um, was the first farm I ever set foot on in my life you know like I've very much been in cities the whole time and so buying a farm I've definitely come a lot more um, you know into the centre when it comes to understanding a lot more about the challenges that farmers are facing and I think that's really important because if we need to go through this change uh, we want to be doing it in a way that you know everyone can come along for the ride. Being a horticulturist, growing cherries yep. in central Otago is a fraught way, if you ask me, to make a living. High risk, high reward. That's it. I mean, I'm a tech entrepreneur. That's what, <laughs> it, that's what it was all about. But, you know, like the one thing for me was, you know, moving, moving back from Sydney, I thought I'd be potentially drinking too much. I didn't really want to get into the New Zealand wine scene. Um, and out of all the fruit you can grow in central Otago, you know, cherries are by far my favourite. So that was literally the decision as, as to why we went down that path. Final question for you, as CEO of NZ Zero, what is the time frame? Because we were discussing this last night in the bar. It's getting a bit late, actually. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were almost at the time frame. But what is the time frame for electrifying our transport fleet, realistically? So that, I mean, I can't answer that. What I can tell you is that um, the density of batteries is getting really good. So not that long ago, they announced the 500 watt hour per um, per kilo battery density, which is a significant increase. I think the Konas that I drive at the moment might have 250 watt hours per kilo. And so the battery density is just getting in. So I, I can't answer it, but I would, I would estimate that there's going to be, you know, heavy electric trucks on the road within the next five to 10 years because that battery density continues to get better and better and better. I could be right. I could be wrong. At the end of the day, I can't convince anyone to do it yet because they don't exist yet. Um, but that would be my prediction. Okay, Mike Casey, CEO of NZ Zero. If someone, especially in horticulture, is interested in getting hold of an electric tractor, they need to talk to you because you want to bring quite a few into the country. Yeah, we had. Um, I mean, we had to pay a one-off twenty-five thousand dollars shipping fee to import the first one. Um, but you know, we can bring them in. Um, we can organise enough people to buy them. We can bring them in, pack down, and get someone to, to assemble them here in New Zealand and save save all that money. So Alrighty that's what the goal is. There we go. Thank you very much. Great to meet you in person, Mike, after chatting on the wireless over the years.